Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the Laces Out podcast. That's right, we're talking NFL football. Unfortunately, no guests this week. Hold my hands up on that one, that's my fault. Uh, but me and Paul take on the reins, and I think we do a damn fine job. Wherever you get in your podcasts, I will ask you this one thing please subscribe. And if you're already subscribing, then I can ask you to do another thing, which is get someone else to subscribe. That's how it works, right? Well, anyway, let's get cracking. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, Laces Out Podcast. Recording in progress. I mean, that sounds like a wonderful thing to hear. So, NFL football coming in hot. Um, straight off the bat, I'm going to have to hold up my hands on this one. Uh, we should have guests. And the reason we don't have guests is because I only looked into it yesterday. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, that still sounds like enough time to me to get a guest. You are absolutely correct, but it's been a very, very, very busy day, and uh, it was uh, it was just too much to fit in. So, as it is every now and then, myself and my co-host Paul Williams take it on ourselves. We grab a rain each, and we uh, set off over the frozen tundra that is NFL football. So. Let's get cracking. Where do we where do we want to start? It's just me and you. We haven't got any of these you know, um, pesky guests to worry about. Well, obviously no guests and no guest predictions from a season-long perspective. And I mean, we've if we had have had guests, we still wouldn't have got any season-long predictions. So. That is that is true. Obviously, the, uh, the the scheduled guests have already been on so far this season, so we would have been slim pickings in that regard. But obviously, we're now at. I mean, we're now at week 12, going into week 13, it's maybe a bit late to be taking Super Bowl picks when, like, you know, no one's exactly going to be picking the Lions, are they? Let's, put, let's be honest, I mean, at the start of the season, no one was picking the Lions, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I suppose that, that that just opens us up to just go straight through game, uh, game week 12's uh, winners and losers, and... Uh, Ultimately, the the winner in the terms of the predictions, I suppose. So, week 12, or as it was known, Thanksgiving week. Mm. Hope all of our American brethren had a wonderful time, enjoying some family get-togethers, lovely food, most importantly, lovely football. Uh, 15 games in total, uh, with just the Chiefs and the Cardinals on the bye last week mm. which I must admit until, until like last week I didn't think that was a thing I thought all teams played Thanksgiving week I don't know if it was just maybe that that's just how it fell last season that all the byes were either done or some teams just didn't take the bye on that particular week but um, right, yeah. yeah it is what it is it is what it is um, so yeah 15 games in total uh coming bottom of the pile with what can only be described as a, a rather paltry 
six out of 15 correct. One of the guests, Mr. James Forrester Gray, not a strong link from James, unfortunately. He was joined in that regard by this person right here. A, a terrible off week. No. Six out of 15 picks correct. At this point, I'd go through the teams that let me down, but it would take forever. So I'm just going to go for the teams that actually didn't let me down. So I had the Bears to beat the Lions, Fair. the Bills to beat the Saints, Fair. the Kings to beat the Titans, the Bengals to beat the Steelers, Falcons to beat the Jags, and the Packers to beat the Rams. Every other team that I picked conspired to, let's let's call a spade a spade, shit the bed. So, no point for Paulie this week. In, I suppose, <clears throat> second place, or, no, it will be second place, with seven out of 15 games picked correctly. I mean, it's not much better. It is one better. It's the podcast host, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Cook, which means gaining a third guest point for the season is one of our two guests from last week. It was indeed Mr. Stuart Woodmansey with eight out of 15 correct picks. Well done, Stu. Obviously, congrats to Stu. I, I am wondering if I'm ever going to get it together this season because uh, I, I apparently the. Uh... I'm, I'm going to. I'm going <coughs> to put it out there. With the exception of week one, when he was a part of the guests with Mr. Matthew Moore, because tuners into the podcast may re- may realise at this point that we do quite a lot of podcasts together. So it just made it just made sense for them to both come on. Other right. than the first week where we were all going in sort of a bit blind just to sort of see what was there and what was what wasn't. When he's been the guest guest, he's won every week. <laughs> I mean granted that's only two, but of the three points that the guest have got Two of them have come from him. So Wow. He's clearly the guest to get on from a from a pig's perspective. So yeah. Thank you very much to Stuart and uh, his, uh, his 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 big old brain. Uh, the scores for the season stay. I have well, Andrew, sadly, only two points. The guest has three points, and I myself have seven. So that gives me a four point cushion. With just five game weeks left. So, the worst I can do is draw with Andy. <laughs> and, depending on how next week goes, I can still be caught by the guest and beaten <sighs> by the guest. We'll this see what happens. This is amazing. Um, that That is amazing. Jesus, I can reveal that this week's picks has featured my first official pick where everything was telling me to go a particular way. So this is the first week where I've gone the other way. And I will explain that decision further down the line. Um, So, some things things to bring up... um, 
from my perspective uh, over the over the course of the week um, did anybody here think we were going to get through this podcast without talking about one man in particular should we talk about the the small number of yards that he got should we talk about the number of interceptions that he threw or shall we talk about the fact that the Carolina Panthers are definitely trying to find the receipt right now they know definitely thrown away because he's going to come back come back to the team and he's going to save the team because he's so good oh no that's right we got rid of him because he was shit ladies and gentlemen Cam Newton gets benched what number game what number game for the Carolina Panthers which one how many games has he played which is hang on a minute Audio listeners, get yourselves over to YouTube to check that one out. Um, Yeah, did anybody think we were getting through this podcast without talking about uh, you can roll Cam Newton in as much glitter as you want, but he's always going to come up as a floater. Um, There was something else. Oh, yeah, Uh, we need to address the rumour We need to address this because I, I have quite a lot to say about this. Uh, a rumour popped up earlier in the week that apparently the New York Giants were preparing to make a massive trade offer for number three, Mr. Russell. Can't play football like you used to, Wilson. Well, so, I wouldn't be surprised... Because, obviously, I don't think he's made any secret of the fact that he thinks that his long-term future may be away from Seattle, so to speak. He has uh, a a famous wife who, for her job, needs to be in a high-market city, which, with with all due respect to Seattle, Washington... That is not. Um, hey, so hey, 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 hey. Talk of <clears throat> Seattle, Washington was the birthplace of Starbucks coffee. So, I mean, that right listen, there. The Starbucks, I believe the grunge movement was started in Seattle. Absolutely was. Listen, listen Seattle's got a lot going for it. I mean, I love Frasier. Who, who doesn't love Frasier? But even in Frasier, he goes on about the fact that it never stops in raining in Seattle. Like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's a guy who was born there. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where his, his wife, for her for her job, would need to be in one of the the sort of the, the premier cities, if you will, in the in the United States. So we're, we're talking New York, LA. Houston, one of those three. Um, the Jets have just drafted a new quarterback. It's probably not going to be them. The Chargers have got Justin Herbert. It's almost definitely not going to be them. The Rams have just taken a punt on, on Matthew Stafford for at least the next couple of years. You'd imagine it's probably not going to be them, which leaves open the Houston Texans. And let's be honest, no one's touching that basket case of a club with Deshaun Watson. Until in, until his legal situation gets sorted out, 
So that basically leaves you with the New York Giants. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see a swap of sorts involving Danny Dimes and Russell Wilson. But I think at the end of this season, the Seahawks have got to make a decision whether they go with the quarterback long term or they give Pete Carroll another couple of seasons. Because I'd be very surprised at this point if we start next season with the Seattle Seahawks in the same configuration they're at the uh, they're going to end this season. I don't think they're going to start. They'll go in the same configuration. I don't know what that will look like for me personally. I think the smartest move for Seattle is. I'm I'm just so completely torn on this. Part of me says stump up the cash, and let Russell Wilson know that he's your franchise quarterback, and you're going to do whatever you need to 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 get him back on track because he seems a little off kilter, especially this season. Something's not right. Whether whether it's mourning the loss of that that Super Bowl team that were just so dominant, and you know, I'll I'll shout it from the rooftops for forever as far as the the Legion of Boom stuff. You know, for me that season was just an absolute monster of a season. Um, you know, you've got you know. Uh, legends such as you Marshawn Lynch and stuff like that Russell Wilson back in those days was top tier quarterback which he isn't now you know they're getting beaten left right and center you know this weekend went to to show that there is something wrong in Seattle um <laughs> I don't want to see Russell Wilson go to the Giants. I'm not. I'm not about to say anywhere but the Giants. But I'm not. I was trying to like work through who he would have to throw the ball to, hand off the ball to, and it's just like it's a bit of a desolate wasteland at the Giants. And I think you know moves like that are saying. I don't want a career in football anymore. For me personally, I understand, you know, you can always build a team back up. You you, know, you look at teams like the Browns, you know, you look at the, the Bills, teams that are, have been in a position for a long time to then start like that, that building back to being, you know, playoff contenders and stuff like that. Uh, the Bengals, Bengals are a great example this season. Um, so I'm not saying that the that if he went to the Giants, um, that they couldn't build around him, but part of me wonders whether there's something fundamentally wrong with with him with him as far as as far as the game's concerned. Um, you know, I I I don't hide that um, Seattle's probably my my top team. It's up there. I like to, uh, you know, I like I like a, a selection of teams, you know, going back to 1986 when I had like a wall of uh, American football te team um, posters and stuff like that. There were different teams um, back in those days. You grabbed hold of as much American football as you could get your hands on because it was so um, scarce in this country. Um, I think I've just carried that on, but. Um, the Seahawks are up there for me, you know, and maybe for me, I'm still carrying 
a little bit too much nostalgia for the team that was, which certainly isn't anymore. Um, so yeah, not sure what to make of it. Don't know what's going to come of it, but we will certainly keep an eye on it. Anything stand out for you over the last week? Um, from the from a results perspective, not really. I mean, we've got a lot. There, there was a couple. Of, there was a couple of surprising ones, like obviously the. Um, the the Eagles getting turned over by the Giants was a bit of a surprise. I don't think anyone really saw that one coming. No. Um, we we kind of need to ask what is going on in Washington. Is it because I I feel like this is an illusion, but <laughs> when you look at when you look at the books. And, and you look at their score for the season, one of those defeats came at the hands of the Washington football team. I personally can't think of many people that were looking at this weekend and going, Seahawks versus Washington. Uh, I'll, I'll have the Washington football team, please. I imagine that's where I know I will have dropped a point. Um, I don't know if, if most will have dropped a point on that game. Yeah. Is <laughs> is it just an illusion? Have they just had some weird games or are they good? The, the strangest thing about the, the Washington football team for me is the fact that arguably their, their strength is their defence. And their defence is arguably the, wor- the, the weakest it's going to be at the minute because they've lost um, Chase Young and I think it's Montez Sweat. Yeah. Who were arguably their two best defensive players. So, I'm not going to lie. At the start of the season, when it turned out that Fitzmagic was popping up at Washington, I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm looking forward to this," and then gets immediately injured. Um, so we got one game. Well, not even one game. We got one half. I think it was before he got injured, and then yeah, yeah he's been shut down for the season. So. Yeah. Um, there have been some uh, season enders over the course of the week. Um, I know one popped up in our fantasy group. Um, like you say, you know, you've got those teams that are. It's another season where there's there's teams that are quite banged up. Um, I know from being part of various um, like Facebook groups and stuff for the NFL. There's thing like things wondering if uh, the Steelers' season might just be over at this point uh, and, and things like that um, it's that thing it season's not over till it's over but so with the Steelers I don't know if I, don't know if I might be I don't know if I'm going to be treading on any toes in the uh, from a stats perspective of this but Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season mm-hmm. with the Steelers yep and obviously they're currently even though we're playing an odd number of games They've still managed to find themselves at 500, even though they've played 11 games, hmm. which is impressive because they have five wins, five losses, and a tie. Yeah, 
there are those there are those quarterbacks that announce retirement and you go my god that's so you know i will always throw out the the andrew luck thing that when he announced his retirement i was like wow that seems so early and then people then started breaking down the number of injuries he's had how he how, you know how he was feeling about the game mentally and stuff like that you know injury takes not just a toll on the body it takes a toll on the mind for an athlete for a true athlete it takes it takes those those tolls um there are i i i still you know i'm still saying it now drew Brees. I honestly thought he had another season in him. Uh, the fact that they were asking him partway through the season if he was coming out of retirement would suggest that that's the case. I think the thing with Greaves is that his body would probably let him go as long as he wanted. The issue is, is that his arm, his arm strength was obviously decreasing. And, and we saw he that. Able, he wasn't... He wasn't able to make the big throws yeah. that he was. Before. So, so we saw that there was a game last season where they brought somebody. They brought somebody else out to make a, a hail mary. Back end of last season. Was it Teddy? Was it Ted? No, no, maybe it was Jameis. Because obviously Jameis was there. Yeah. Last season. Um, yeah, Teddy was in there. Uh, uh, I seem to remember. Line. I seem to remember so, him overthrowing it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was. And it was. It, it was simply for that reason, like you said, because yeah. like his arm was just his arm was just deteriorated that much that he wasn't able to use the uh, to throw the deep ball anymore. And that's quite so, that's quite a statement when you've got a, when you've got your your num your, your QB one who can't throw the deep ball. It's like it's probably uh, and I think you know. When when that that athlete is like, I need to get out of here before the the cracks start showing more, before people start asking why I'm still here, and obviously that bring, brings us on to Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger, hands down, should have retired at the end of last season. The fact he didn't is probably a bigger surprise. And I mean. Hi. Personally, I'm not that surprised that he didn't re- that he re- re- didn't retire the NLC because obviously he got injured, and then they had to play out the remainder of the season with Mason Rudolph. I think he was more under the impression of he wanted to dictate when he would retire. He didn't want to be like retired by the game, if that makes sense. It does make sense, but <laughs> him not retiring doesn't make sense. Especially now, he looked bad at the weekend. He, but in that strange, in that strange way, though, the game that they had against was it the Chargers the week before, where I think he had something like three touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah, like he's he's still got little pockets where he yeah. can just pop up and he'll and he'll do. Ridiculously good things yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. there's obviously still a player in there. So it's just a case of how many times a season he can bring it. So anything, anything else stand outish for you? In that case, we should talk stats. Um, happy to the report that the stats mistress is on the mend, um, but she uh, whether whether. Torn ACL out for the season or not, 
she has always managed to deliver the freshest, tastiest of the stats. So let's have a look at the stats here. These are NFL Week 12 stats for the 2021 season. Brought to the Stats Mistress by Nate Davis of USA Today. And brought to you lovely people by us via the Stats Mistress. Um, as always, odd number of stats. So I gave... Uh, I gave the co-host the uh, the bigger chunk so that you don't have to listen to me for too long. Uh, saying that, the first stat is a monster stat. Uh, stat one, here we go. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers was playing on a bad toe. Behind a beat-up offense line and while facing the Rams. Didn't matter, and if you didn't know Rodgers was hurt, you wouldn't know he was hurt. He hung 307 yards on LA through the air while accounting for three touchdowns in the Pack's 36-28 win, which keeps them right on the heels of the Arizona Cardinals for home field advantage in the NFC. <coughs> now Rodgers gets a much-needed week off before returning to face the Chicago Bears. Number two, the Las Vegas Raiders are six and zero this season when Derek, when quarterback Derek Carr passes for at least three hundred yards, and zero and five when he doesn't. Hmm. Number three, ah. I'll go through the stat for number three, and then I'll mention something I saw about it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back, Leonard Fournette, 131 total yards and four touchdowns, carried his offensive and outshone Indianapolis Colts counterpart and emerged MVP candidate, Jonathan Taylor, 97 yards and a touchdown. As the Bucks hung on for a 38-31 victory in Indy. Fournette sprinting 28 yards for the game-winning score with 20 seconds left. Uh, I saw one of, uh, one of Gronk's little videos where he had Leonard Fournette with him. And they were trying to find a new name for, for Lenny. Um, uh, so they, call, they were calling him Lenny for Tuddies. Which, you know, it's one of those, no matter how much you want to hate a situation like that, you are talking about a man who scored four touchdowns in a game. And it's kind of a bit of a, whatever. Everybody's favourite team, the New England Patriots, who have a league-best six-game win streak, rolled the Tennessee Titans 36-13 to reclaim first place in the AFC East. And are now only half a game out of the overall AFC lead. The Pats defense was at its wasn't at its best, but don't break best. I don't even know what that means. While quarterback Mac Jones threw for a season best 310 yards. And two more scores to strengthen his position as offensive rookie of the year front runner. 
All I'm going to say at this point in time is I do not like anything I'm hearing about the Patriots because it's all uh, it just took just took Belichick a little while to dial it all in and he's back now and we've got all these wins and Patriots are off to the players the Super Bowl back I'm like shut up just give us a little while to recover from having to listen to it year in year out just give us a couple of seasons without and my final stat meanwhile the Titans fell out of the AFC's capped bird seat as it became obvious their issues go far beyond the absence of injured running back Derrick Henry Tennessee ran for 270 yards Sunday 165 more than New England, but didn't get anything out of quarterback Ryan Tannehill or the defense while turning the ball over four times. The Titans effectively have a three-game lead on the Colts, whom they've already swept in the AFC South, but have a lot of work to do if they're going to be a legitimate playoff. And I believe it's over to you. So, news, Mr. Cook. So, the the AFC's new number one seed. How about the Baltimore Ravens, eight and three, who survived quarterback Lamar Jackson's four interception night to outlast the Cleveland Browns, sixteen to ten on Sunday. Maybe switch it up, Lamar. Given all those picks were on passes to your buddy Mark Andrews. Shots fired, most definitely. Do you see that Mark Andrews catch? I've not seen much of that game. Catch was bonkers. <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch it. Uh, maybe it's time to give Bengals running back Joe Mixon at least some MVP consideration. He's got a pair of touchdowns in each of the past four games, a Cincinnati record and something no player in the league has done in the past 15 years. And he hasn't been denied end zone entry since week three. Mixon's 165 rushing yards on Sunday represented a career high. I think I actually did say in our group that yep. he, uh, he he always seems to be lower in fantasy drafts than he probably should be because he's always a high performer. Yeah. Um, it was at that point that someone did point out that he's lost quite a few games in previous seasons to injury. We'll go there. Yeah. Don't bury the Miami Dolphins just yet. After a 1-7 and seven start capped by a seven-game slide, the Finns have come up with uh, have come up for air to win four in a row. Credit Miami wide receiver Jalen Waddle, who caught nine passes for 137 yards and a touchdown in Sunday's 33-10 walkover against the unravelling Carolina Panthers, much to Andrew's delight. Model's 77 receptions lead all rookies. Uh, and then it also goes on to just say, extra credit for Waddle's waddling celebration, which was picked up on the cameras of Red Zone. And uh, Scott Hanson was just like, is he, is he doing a... Is, is he doing like a duck or a penguin waddle as he's celebrating? It was pretty good. That was something that I meant to uh, bring up. Uh, obviously, the Carolina Panthers are going to suffer a little bit more seeing as they're star player is now ruled out for the season that's right Mr CMC 
Christian McCaffrey is out for the season. Good. Oh dear. Definitely not good for uh, probably the majority of everyone's fantasy team. Um, the Green Broncos, six and five, won twenty-eight thirteen and pulled even with the Chargers and Raiders for second place in the AFC West. All are now just one game back of the idle Kansas City Chiefs. A rushing touchdown in three consecutive weeks. The legend of San Francisco 49ers wide receiver, in brackets, Debo Samuel, continues to grow. No other receiver in the Super Bowl era since 1966 has matched this accomplishment. Was it was it on Sunday that he didn't have a single reception or receiving yards? All of his yardage was was like played out of the backfield. Yeah, absolutely mental. And finally, sticking with the San Francisco 49ers, NFC wild card. Anyone? How about the Niners six and five, who have quietly strung together a three-game hot streak whilst moving up to the conference sixth seed. Tough and multifaceted, this could be the team no one wants to see in January. So, uh, as I alluded to earlier, there is a game I've picked this week where everything was telling me to go one way and I went the other way. And it is actually featuring the San Francisco 49ers. Um... So those are the stats, and that kind of closes us off for week 12. Now we have to talk about the unlucky week, week 13, where, I mean, who knows what might happen. The books might lose again. Um, so, uh, without a guest, one of our supposed guests has, I believe, Put their picks in uh, because one of the, oh, one of this week's guests should have been the stats mistress, uh, but still in recovery, unable to be on camera, um, and just doesn't really want to. Um, however, like I say, I do believe that she has sent in some picks. I know I sent my picks. So, what are the picks looking like? What are the games looking like? Well. 14 games this week and the teams that are on by I know one of them is the Browns uh, I don't see the Panthers listed anywhere so let me just double check who the other two teams are Browns Panthers I think I could tell you because I think I've got an issue in one of the fantasy leagues I've got a player who's on a bye and I haven't got a backup it is the Browns, the Panthers, the Packers, and the Titans. That was it. Which means that next week, in week 14, I believe we finish off with the last four teams that I want to buy, which is the Colts, Patriots, Dolphins, and Eagles. He says, yeah, so week 15 is a full slate of 16 games. Week 16 is a full slate of 16 games. One of which is on Christmas Day. Uh, do you know what? Scratch that. Two of which are on Christmas Day, technically, because one's 9.30pm British time yep. and one's 
1.15am on the Sunday. Yep. So that'll be two games on Christmas Day. I love getting a couple of Christmas Day games. Full slate, see, full slate of games in week 17 and full slate of games in week 18. So yeah, so by this time next week, all of the buys will have been completed. So, 14 games. So therefore, 14 points up for grabs to grab the actual overall point for the week. Um, a lot of consensus picks this week. So that not that many games me. where... Not that many games where we've got differences in opinion. So I'll just fly through. The, we open the week with the Thursday Night Football, which is <coughs> two of the teams that played, uh, that played on Thanksgiving, actually. So we have the Dallas Cowboys travelling to New Orleans to take on the Saints in the opener on Thursday Night Football. Across the board, we've all gone for the Cowboys in that one. The Saints are obviously banged up in yeah. several positions. They should have uh, Alvin Kamara back if he doesn't have any sort of adverse reaction to uh, his current injury wars that have cost him the last three games. But we'll wait and see. Fantasy owners at this particular point sweating on Alvin Kamara. <clears throat> Please, if you wouldn't mind, that would be nice. Um, he loves making an entrance though, up. doesn't he? You are? He loves making an entrance though, doesn't he? So. Don't we all? Don't we all, Andrew? Uh, next up, we've all gone for the Dolphins to take care of the Giants, the Colts to take care of the Texans, the Vikings to take care of the Lions, and the Eagles to take care of the Jets. I didn't realise the Eagles were playing back-to-back weeks in New York, which I thought was a bit odd. Um, next up, we've all gone for the Cardinals to beat the Bears when they come off the back of their bye week. Now, the next game gives us our first difference of opinion. So we have the Chargers traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Both me and you have picked the Bengals to get the win here, whereas Leanne has gone for the Chargers. Hmm. I think it's one of those 50-50 games, but I just think the Bengals are the hotter hand at the minute, and they're at home. So, wouldn't be surprised there. Next up, we've all gone for the Buccaneers to take care of the Falcons. The Rams at home to the Jags. No shock there. We've all gone for the Raiders to beat the Washington football team at home. Even though Washington keeps putting these results together where they beat teams they probably shouldn't beat. So This is what I was saying. It's probably one of those it's probably one of those games where they'll run out a two touchdown winner or something like that. Um, we've all gone for the Ravens to put a beating on the hapless Steelers, uh, which leaves us with three games left for the week. And next one is one of a difference of opinions. We have the 49ers travelling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Both me and Leanne have gone with the 49ers to keep that little run going, whereas... The resident Seahawks fan in the room has obviously gone with them. He's obviously thinking that Russell's got something against the C- uh, the 49ers and he's going to put a whooping so, on. Uh, so that's the game. That's the game where I was like, I should be picking the 49ers here, but every week there is a point in time where I pick games just because I should. And there are every week, week in, week out, there are games that just go completely haywire. And I was like, let's pick a game to go the other way and why not make it this game? So that was my thought. Absolutely. I don't disagree with you at all there. Uh, 
then we've got the last two games of the week, so we've got we move into the prime time game. So on the Sunday night football, we have Broncos going into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Surprise, surprise, we've all backed the Chiefs there. And I think, arguably, well, probably not arguably, game of the week, the uh, the hot hand New England Patriots travelling to Buffalo to take on the rejuvenated Bills. Now, of the three of us, both myself and you, Andy, have backed the Bills to get the win here, hmm. whereas Leanne has taken the Patriots. I think if the Patriots win that game, I think it's safe to say that we can strap ourselves in for another decade of Patriot dominance over the AFC East, let's put it that way. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I'm not a fan. Not going to lie. That right there is your week 13 slate of games. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting games coming along. So, any other business? Anything else on the docket? Okay. Now, now from me, lad. Mm. So, there we go. That's it. It's all in the book. It's all in the bag. We will be here next week, depending who our possible guests are, depending on whether we might have any, and if I've got uh, the forethought to actually get them involved. Tune in to find out. That's it for this one. We will catch you next week talking more football from across the pond. Thank you to you, sir. And thank you to these lovely people to, for listening to us. We'll catch you next time. Bye. So there we go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to come. But it's quickly coming to the end of the season. Ugh. Thank you all for listening, watching, or whatever you're doing to get this podcast. But whatever you are doing, please do subscribe. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. Over there you'll find social media links and email links, and you can drop us a line and let us know how you're getting on. There we go. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.